This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 372 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, Kentucky Performance Products, EcoVet, and Hindsight Vision. Tonight we have Lauren Chumley, who was a successful participant in the Pony Club. Judge Joan Darnell continues our Through the Levels with a Judge series, and we're going to answer a great listener question. Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good we're, today. How are you? Alone. Yeah, we're alone. I was like, we're oh, alone. We've, got, we've got Glenn, but we don't have Glenn, so I won't introduce <laughs> him. <laughs> he's backing us up, which is good. He's he's sort of here, but not here. So, no. yeah, for sure. I love it. Well, how was your week? Week's been good. Weeks been awesome. good. We've been, uh, I mean, just crazy busy, but uh, um, I think we've just gotten into the swing of being crazy busy, so it doesn't yes. feel like that anymore. So, and we're having lots of fun training the horses, preparing for our next series of shows, and I'm just getting at it. I'm, I'm, I'm really awesome. liking it. Yeah, we're having when's a great you, summer. Next, yeah, when's your next series of shows? Oh, it's every weekend. I have some yeah. smaller shows to attend this weekend, and then the next weekend is when I'll be riding, and we're going to take them to a big, big show at the Paul Grave Showground. So nice, yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, we had a big one over the weekend here at the horse park, and uh, it was a little challenging on Friday. The weather uh, did not cooperate. Uh, and that is always hard. That's really, really hard. Um, one of my riders was in the ring, and lightning struck. I was I was right there, uh, and it was really close. So that was really scary. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's always tricky because I didn't know the rule, and we found out, you know, it's up to the judge's discretion. So right. lightning struck literally right as she was going for her walk pirouettes. It was a third-level test. And it's up to the judge on how they want to handle it um, or the rider can scratch. So my particular rider in this case, the horse was so very well behaved. We just decided instead of bringing her back out, warming her up and then bring her back out for another show later, another test later, the le- the second one was the qualifier. We just kind of let it be. Um, but you, you can, it's up to the judge's discretion. They can let you start the test or you can start where you finished, uh, because of the lightning, but they'll get you off and it's a 30 minute delay. From the last lightning strike. Huh. So, yeah, so it's tricky yeah. and it's hard to know when to get on. And, oh, it's, yeah, it was when really, to ride really and what to do. Yeah, I mean, weather can always throw a real wrench in your perfectly mm-hmm. laid out plans, right? Yeah, our perfectly laid out plans became uh, not perfectly laid out. And then yeah. the horses were, everyone was on edge and the horses were on edge. So, uh, so that was tricky, but um, everybody. Uh, yeah, did, I mean, did. that's just bad luck. It's disappointing, yeah, you know, you when it happens. <laughs> but weather is a huge part of our sport and mm-hmm. you accept that sometimes you get the perfect weather and somebody else has not so good yeah. weather. And, and, and vice this versa. This was pretty much uh, not discriminatory. Everybody <laughs> got awful weather. So uh, yeah. so that made it a little challenging. But everybody did great. And actually, all our horses now are qualified uh, for for the regionals. So that was really fun. So it was it ended up being a, a pretty good show. But 
it was a little challenging there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that was fun. And um, and now, yeah, we, we, we go into a break. You know, we're it's very hot here. Uh, so yeah. I typically don't show in July. This was a new show at the horse park. Um, but I don't show again now for a bit because it's just... It, it's good. just a little break. Yeah, so I can, yeah, I can, I can think here about how your shows are going, uh, which is nice. But our horses are ready for a break. You know, this is we flop it uh, now that the horses go to Florida. This is sort of the time that we give them a little bit of a easier time because it's just so hot. So yeah, that's nice. Well, very so, good. Yeah, very good. really good. So, so I think currently, you know, as far as the news goes, um, Austin is going on right now. That's pretty exciting. Like, You've got the. The German the German team is competing there. I think the Dutch team is in Holland in Ermelo, um, getting you know doing a last selection for for their team stuff. Uh, Canada has announced. I think it was today or yesterday announced mm-hmm. our two Who's individuals, Belinda Trussell and Anton will be representing us, and so will uh, Megan Lane and Caravella. So not too many surprises there as far as the Canadian mm-hmm. team you know That's team great. or individuals goes. We wish them a lot of luck in Rio. Oh, and, yeah. And, uh, no, do you get a traveling watching. alternate? Is there a traveling alternate? No, because we don't have a team. So there's no traveling alternate. That's no. interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so well. Uh, I saw Megan Lane um, as a young rider. She she competed with my on that horse, actually. Yeah. Uh, so it's been fun to see her uh, go through the levels. She's developed and, that horse all herself. You know, you know, Well, not all herself, but I mean... You know, as the rider of that horse from yep. the beginning, where she thought the horse was going to be a hunter and then was not a hunter, yeah. and to young riders and to the main team going to WAG last year. Was that WAG last year? Now the Olympics. That's unbelievable. Yeah, she story. went to Pan Am's. Really she went to Pan Am's, didn't she? She was on the Pan Am team. Yeah, it was WAG, then Pan Am's. Pan Am's, and, and yeah. now she's going to the Olympics. So we wish her well. And, and I, I, I really think it's fun that, that that's happening. So And Belinda Trussell does a lovely job. We saw her a bunch in Florida, and she had a really good season. So yeah. that is really but good. That, that German team is looking very strong. I, I, I saw today yeah. that they all, all three German riders – uh, placed in the 80 percentile in their Grand Prix. Oh, mm. That's quite cool. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be able to kind of give a full. I don't think all the results are in yet from Aachen, so we will get a, a full report next week on what yeah, happened. I guess the Aachen. other the other little piece of news about it was that Rosamunda was supposed to show in the four star with uh, Stephen Peters, due to a small injury, he held her back and showed uh, Legolas instead, and I think he did really well, 77 percent or something in the in the Grand Prix. So. Super, super. So he, he, yeah, that's great. He's going to be ready, right? I think he's going to be really ready. Very ready. Um, You know, well prepared from a a little circuit in Europe and, uh, you know, going head to head against the the other competitors that are supposed to, you know, do well at the Olympics, I think sort of prepares your team very well. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's really good. For the big shows. So (laughs) I love it. Very, very good. Well, we are going to come back uh, with Lauren Chumley. She is a professional writer from New Jersey, and uh, she was here in Kentucky at the Pony Cup, the National Pony Cup, which was uh, quite a big show uh, that happened last weekend. And we're going to get a report from her on how her week was. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Lauren Chumley. She is an FEI writer and competitor from New Jersey on the program. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Well, you. Uh, have an amazing amount of ponies. And I don't want to call you the pony girl. You're the pony expert? Are you the pony expert? Yeah, you're the pony expert. I don't want to talk to you pony girl. It's kind of like big horses too, but. 
it kind of seems that way, but that, that is actually not what I set out to do. It just kind of happened. That's, <laughs> that's the best thing yeah. in life happened that way. Lois. So how did that happen? Yeah, I mean, yeah, explain talk that. Talk about your history with ponies. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. Um, first of all, my parents did not love me as a child, and they did not buy me a pony. So, parents, this is what happens if you don't get your kid a pony. They end up 32, 32 years old, and they have, like, 10 on the farm. So, <laughs> this is what happens. So, I never had a pony. Um, I did not start out riding ponies. I did not do anything the way most people do this. So, um I didn't start riding ponies until I was in high school, actually, and my parents were like, okay, you're 15 or 16 now. You need to go get a job, and I'm like, well, that's going to suck, but I guess I'll go get a job. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's not fun to get, get a job. job. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get a job. This is going to suck. I just want to go ride you know, my horse, and that's all I want to do, and I was like, well, I guess I could get like horse jobs, so I saw an ad at the, the tax store for like part-time help at this breeding farm, and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Um, and that happened to be, uh, I answered that ad. I drove out. Well, my parents drove me cause I couldn't drive. I, they dropped me off and I had my little interview and it was the, uh, Sorum Fjord horse farm in Lebanon, um, in Ohio. And I got hired. Um, I was probably the only one that applied, but I got hired <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I ended up starting there like feeding horses. I was there for almost nine years. Um, training, I ended up training and we showed and we sold Fjord horses or ponies, um, and then somewhere in the middle there, I got, um, I started riding a pony for, uh, Kill Sackman, who used to live in Ohio. And that ended up being my first Grand Prix horse, actually. I mean, it was a pony, but it was a Grand Prix horse. Um, and then I started riding another pony, another pony, another pony, and now there's just ponies everywhere. One thing led to another, wow. and then there's ponies everywhere. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> and then it got really funny because I stopped with the breeding farm, I took a job, um, in 2007 and I started to go to Florida and do the Florida thing, Florida, New Jersey, that thing. And I was assistant trainer out here for, uh, Soka Rembach. So I didn't have a lot of ponies then. I had a couple, but not a lot. And then a couple of years ago, I was contacted by a woman named Jill Kosick and she called me out of the blue and she's like, so, um, I hear you ride ponies. I have 30 fjord horses in Pennington, New Jersey, which is like a half an hour from me. Oh, now I have fjord ponies again. <laughs> we have five on the property right now. There's nothing wrong I don't know with that. How this I love fjords. Yeah, That's there's so five cool. fjords here, and there's the German riding pony, the Morgan pony. There's all kinds of ponies. There's a Welsh cob I'm looking at right now. It's great. Wow, that is <laughs> so cool. So, what are some things you like about riding ponies, or coaching people riding ponies? Um. Well, honestly, not a chicken shit, but. You're way less likely to die. Yeah. Totally. They're not going to kill you. Most of them. I met one that would. It was a hackney. It was crazy. It was beautiful, but it was crazy. That one would kill you. But the rest of them, that's one out of how many and how many years. Um, I really like the ponies for my students, especially because I have a lot of petite amateur ladies, 40s, 50 years old. They don't need 17 hands. They can't ride 17 hands. It's too much. It's too much to put together. It's too much to collect. It's too much to get in front of your leg. It's just, it's too much in your hand. And a lot of them have switched to ponies, um, not necessarily because of me, but either before me or after me, they've switched to ponies and it's been really, really good for them. Um, it's way more manageable for them physically to ride and they feel safer. They're more comfortable. Closer to the ground. Yeah, exactly. And they're not <laughs> as intimidating, I think, with the gates and yeah. everything. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. some of them do have big gates, but it's not the same as when 
a 17 hand warm blood goes like charging across the diagonal. It's just a different feeling. Right. Right, right, right. And so do you find anything different while riding slash training ponies? Anything that you like or have found more challenging? Um, For showing, after how many years of judges yelling at me, I had to learn to slow the hell down. Because it always uh-huh. looks like I'm going so fast and I'm really just not. But it looks that way. So now I ride them a lot slower than I used to. <laughs> um, and it's done, it's gone much better for me. But for forever and ever, they always look like they're going you know, really quick with their little legs, but they're not. And the judges were always like rushing, 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 rushing. So now I just ride what I feel is a little under tempo and it seems to go pretty, pretty okay. <laughs> Love it. Experimentation. So us, yeah. yeah, yeah. Trial yeah. and error. And, and listening to the judges. <laughs> and, and listening uh, yeah. to the judges, which is usually a good idea. Occasionally. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. So tell us about sometimes. your experience at the National Pony Cup. The Pony Cup is one of my favorite, favorite, most favorite shows every year. Um, this was the ninth year they've had the National Dressage Pony Cup. Um, I went to the very first one, which was in 2007. I went to that one. It was in, I was at Paxton's in Cincinnati. And, um, I have gone every single year. I did miss one or two years in the middle just cause I couldn't, when I was assistant for Silk, I just couldn't get the time off. Um, but I've been going every single year. I mean, yes, it's a long drive. It's like 12 hours for us from New Jersey, but it, it is just such a fun show. And Jenny Carroll and, Tracy Gross, this has been their, you know, their brainchild, their baby, and they have put so much into this, um, just personally and financially, and it's grown and grown and grown over the, I mean, the first year, I don't know how many ponies there were, but there weren't very many, and now she told me they had over 100 pony rides last, each day last week, and we had, like, between the amateurs, juniors, and um, professionals, we had, like, 10 ponies in the FEI. I that's mean, that's awesome. so cool. Incredible. That's yeah, very awesome. cool. Is there, is there a qualifying procedure or, uh, I mean, how do you? No, not for, not to go to the, the National Pony Cup. There's no qualifying yet. Um, but you can use the Pony Cup to qualify for uh, Pony, they call it National Dressage Pony Cup uh, year-end awards, which is, they give out super cool ribbons and really great prizes. And everybody's, you have to sign up. It's like $25. It's really, it's really cheap. It's really easy. And you don't have to do anything. They keep track of your scores for you. You just enter pony classes at their National Dressage Pony Partner Shows, which are all over the country now. Um, even in Florida. We've got shows in Florida now. Global had them. And Adam, really? Uh, White Fences had them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I did the yeah. pony classes at Global. This is the first year they've done them. It was really, really cool. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah, it was obviously it's, it's growing, really, really yeah. fun. It's, yeah, it's gotten to be. And um, Jenny, Jenny Carroll's really familiar with the show management out in California, too. So she's got it at a bunch of the California shows, like the big CDIs and everything. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. So awesome. tell us a little bit about the, the ponies that you brought to the Pony Cup finals and, and, and what you were riding and, and different classes. We had, let's see, we brought three Norwegian Fjords. I rode two in training in first level. And my assistant, Jesse Hayes, rode one at training level. Um, she was actually reserve and the training level open, which was super cool. That pony did awesome. It's got like 68 um, from Lilo. It was really fun. Um, and that's the first time that pony's been out there. And that pony's just five years old. Um, wow. So she, and that was Jesse. Jesse went with me last year to groom. And then this year I was like, you know what? Why don't you take one of these and show? Because you're going to be out there anyway. Yeah. So she showed and she did great. My fjords did great. Um, I think on the second day in the training level, the fjords in the open class were second, third, and fourth, which was really cool that the fjords did that well in the pro class. Um, 
And then let's see, I brought a Welsh pony mare named Shams Chinaberry. And the story with Shams Chinaberry is rather entertaining. Um, I don't train Chinaberry ever. Um, China is in training with one of my really good friends, Bridget Hay. And Bridget Hay is out here in New Jersey. She's about a half hour from me. And Bridget Hay is like 5'11". And Shams Chinaberry is like 13'2". So it's pretty ridiculous, <laughs> you can imagine. Um, so every year China goes to Pony Cup and I ride her like twice before we go. And then I basically catch rider at Pony Cup. And I've been doing this four years with her. <laughs> like this is China's fourth awesome. fifth Pony Cup. Yeah, it's a scream. Um, and she did second and third levels in the open and she was reserved both in both levels. She did great. Um, but yeah, so that's my, my catch ride of Pony Cup is always Shams Chinaberry. Thank you, Bridget Hay, for training her so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's owned by, uh, Pam Carter and Liam Rowe out here in New Jersey. And then what other ponies did I bring? Um, oh, I brought, um, my students. Um, I have a mother daughter team of students named Karen and Elena Borden and they ride a pony. It's, um, it's actually an Oldenburg pony. Um, oh, I think it's Oldenburg thoroughbred, but I think it's registered Oldenburg. Her name, her name is uh, Hakuna Matata and they oh. each did the third level on her. And how the Pony Cup is structured is they structured so you can ride in the open and the amateur and the junior. So uh, the mother, Karen, she rode in the amateur third level and the daughter, Elena, rode in the junior third level. And they each they each won their uh, respective divisions. So that was really awesome. cool for them. But they oh, came last year. Congratulations, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they came last year and just Elena showed. And then Karen was like, well, that was really fun. I went in on this. So they both <laughs> yeah. showed this yeah. year. But I think it's cool <laughs> they, that they, they each need a pony I think it's really now. cool that they structured it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really it was really fun and they did great. Um and that pony's really cool. Um she belongs to uh right now. Um and then the last two ponies I brought, I brought a uh German riding pony, uh five years old that I've had since he was two. We bought him um from, he's actually imported. We bought him out of the Westphalen licensing um as a two year old stallion, but we gelded him over there obviously because they weren't gonna breed him. We had no interest in, in doing that but uh he with me forever broke him. um here she went to florida and i broke him there i took him as a th- yeah three-year-old four-year-old and five-year-old um his three-year-old year we just spooked around but it was still fun <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's gotten much better now but he was a champion both both um at first and second levels this year um and those were his first second level classes and he was he was awesome he's such a cool pony he's a little done uh 14-1 fantastic mover great brain just He's awesome. He's just like a, he's a little warm blood. He's so much Aww. fun. Oh, that's fantastic! I love it. And then so, there's one more. Oh, there's one more. Of oh my god! One more. The the, the best one. My favorite one. I shouldn't say that. You can't take that cut. Don't say that. I'll get in trouble. But there is there's the last one I brought is a uh, Morgan pony named Avatar's Jasmine, and we did the Grand Prix. That's and pretty he's cool. like. He's okay, so it's not the best Grand Prix in the world yet. It's really green. We just started that. I just showed it for the first time a few weeks ago. But I really wanted to ride Grand Prix at Pony Cup because I did it. I did it before on my last Pony Nywin, but that was back in like 2012 or 13. So I wanted to do it again because you know why not? Um, so he did it. It was very green. Like we missed all the ones, whatever. Um, <laughs> but he he's he's been to Pony Cup for years and years and years too, and he's done the FEI for a long time, the Pre St George and the I one. But this is his first time at Grand Prix and. I just think it's really cool to bring him up to the levels and then show him there at Grand Prix. Oh, it's fantastic. He was, he was awesome. He was a good boy. That's really cool. Sounds like a very busy weekend. Oh, my God. We had, like, 
when the ride times came out, my father called me and I picked up the phone and he goes, are you, have you lost your mind? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you even talking about? He's like, you guys have like 25 rides in two days between you all. And I'm like, yeah. And cause we also <laughs> did the breed show. They had the pony, they had pony classes in the breed show this year. And normally I don't do breed show things, but I thought it would be, you know, it was the first year they were doing it and I want to support the pony cup and what they're trying to do. So we did the, I mean, they had a, they had a Fjord individual breed class. Like, how could I, like, they made that for me. So I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So we did some of the like material and the suitability. It was fun. It was a really good time. That's so and, cool. And uh, Sue Mandis was the judge and she had some great comments. I think she had fun too. All those Fjords running around. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. I love it. That's great. Well, Lord, if our, if our listeners had any questions for you or want to learn more about sort of riding and training ponies, how would they find you online? Um, you can go to my Facebook page. It's just under Lauren Chumley. Um, or my email. It's really easy if you're a dressage nerd. It's xhaltsalute at gmail.com. You must have got Perfect. that a long time ago. Yeah. I got that when I was like 14. Like, yeah. I don't even know what I was thinking. And <laughs> I don't, it just, it's, I never got rid of it. And it's, I've had stuck. it forever. <laughs> now it's yeah. stuck. <laughs> awesome. Well, stuck. Remember it. Uh, love it. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for your time. And we can't wait to hear, uh, hear again from you and, and how all the ponies are doing. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products and EcoVet, we are going to come back with USCF S Judge Joan Darnell. And she's going to, we're talking about Intermediate One this week. Uh, and I hope you enjoy. Well, it's a hot one out there, and the heat wave has hit much of the United States and the rest of the world. Well, don't let dehydration and electrolyte imbalance sideline your horse. Summer Games electrolytes are formulated to replace both the electrolytes and the trace minerals that are lost when your horse sweats. Its concentrated formula allows you to easily feed the correct amount to meet your horse's changing needs. This uh, electrolyte was developed for the equine athletes at the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta. We all know that it can get hot in Atlanta. For horses on the go, use Summer Games Electrolyte Plus Paste. Each dose contains a serving of Nalox equine and acid for double the protection against stress. And of course, you can find all of that at Kentucky Performance Products. They take out the confusion of choosing the right supplement. And you can find them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Wouldn't it be wonderful if your horse could enjoy a zone of repellency from pesky flies? Well, he can with EcoVet. EcoVet is an entirely new type of fly repellent that is safe for horses and those applying it, offering a real alternative to toxic pesticides like pyrethrins. EcoVet confuses an insect's normal directional ability, the bug's GPS, if you will. So if it can't locate your horse, it can't bite your horse. Dr. Wendy Ying from the Driving Radio Show has been using it in South Florida, also known as the Jurassic Park of Biting Insects, and she just loves it. EcoVet's active ingredients are naturally occurring food-grade fatty acids that have been clinically shown to improve the condition of horses with difficult-to-treat sweet itch problems. EcoVet is effective on mosquitoes, ticks, noceums, as well as flies. You can visit EcoVet online at eco-vet.com for more information or to order. You can find EcoVet at Dover Saddlery Stores and EcoVets on Facebook. Just search EcoVet. 
E-C-O-V-E-T. Well, this evening we are back with our series of going through the test with the judges. And tonight we have Joan Darnell. She is a USEF S judge, FEI rider and competitor. Joan, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Well, we are excited tonight. We are moving up the scale now to the intermediate one. And uh, to start us off tonight, Phil's going to read the purpose. So Phil, take it away. Okay, it says, officially, the object of this test is to lead horses on progressively and without harm to their mind and body from the correct execution of the pre-St. George to the more demanding exercises of the intermediate intermediate A and B competition. So it's sort of bridging the gap. I love it. I love it. So, Joan, can you kind of get us started? What is your general feel when you say, okay, I'm going to go judge an I-1 test? How do you kind of start? Well, the I-1 test is one of my favorite tests. I think I really like pre-St. George and I-1. They're logical. They're laid out in a, you know, a logical pattern. And I think it's fairly easy for riders. It's it, the right and left side makes sense. And so for me to judge it, I get excited when I get to judge an I-1 mm-hmm. test. It's it's just the riders tend to be pretty competent at this level. You know, the quality of the horses, I suppose, makes a little difference one way or the other, whether they can handle the demands of the test, but it's it's still, it's a nicely laid out test and, and I really enjoy judging it. Awesome. So what is kind of, what are you looking for in the trot work? Let's start with that. Okay. So in the trot work, it's the same sort of thing that you have in pre-St. George. The pattern is almost the same. It's just, you come down the center line is your shoulder in and then the eight meter circle into the half pass. So that's real similar to pre St. George at I one now, instead of having the wall like they have in pre St. George to help support the shoulder in a little bit. Now you're on the center line and you have to do it all by yourself. You don't have any support Mm -hmm. from the wall. So you need to make sure that you have the correct alignment, that your horse has the balance and the self carriage to maintain the correct bend and angle and stay on the center line and not drift back and forth. And so that's, I guess, probably one of the harder parts of, of, I mean, shoulder in they've been doing since second level, but it's a little bit harder now when you don't have a wall to support you. And so that's the little bit more of the difficulty increasing now from pre-St. George. In, so, in the judges, you, yeah. Sorry, oh, I was just going to ask if if she has any tips as as to how to ride that well or how to ride that better than you see on average. When I come, when I'm riding a, a shoulder in onto the shul- onto the center line, as I am turning onto the center line, I make sure my haunches hit the center line, and then I allow the shoulders to come a little bit more in, and then I try to maintain that angle and bend with my inside leg, looking, keeping my eyes focused down at C. I find if you keep your eyes up, you're not looking at the ears, which everyone loves to do, yeah. but if you keep your head up, your eyes up you're better able to maintain that that consistent line that we're looking for. And it's the haunches that are on yeah. the center line, Yeah, haunches right? on the haunches center on line, the line, shoulders yeah. to the inside, right? Yeah, so that's, and, and, and the judge can see it so yes. clearly. Yes, we can very well see it. That's, yeah, that's why it's a little harder this time. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm just going to add a little bit, a little tip of my own for this. I think a lot of riders, uh, when they ride at home, have a mirror, don't mm-hmm. wait until you're riding I-1 or pre-St. George to be riding your lateral work on the center line. I think that's, that's a, a, it's a great point. exercise to be doing right from after you learn it in second level 
you know, to keep developing that. I think that's right. And it's then a challenge, you find but that it's a great challenge. It to, is. To it it helps you develop a steadier balance when you don't have the wall to help support you. Mm-hmm. And Joan, the Volte too, I, I've yeah. seen with a lot of my students, they struggle a little bit with that Volte. Any, any suggestions that you have for that circle? You know, it, it, that's the thing. I mean, we've been doing circles since training level. Of course, those are larger than we're asking for now with a, an eight meter Volte. But you'd be amazed how all of a sudden no one can do circles anymore. Yeah. And so as you come in out of the shoulder in, you're already started your shoulders onto that Volte of eight meters. And I always try to think when I'm riding it of keeping it a little on the smaller side. And then if I get a little too small, I can allow it to stretch out a little bit so that I become eight meters, not 10. But, you know, so I start the first part a little bit smaller and then I can let the horse out a little bit to make it the correct size. I like that. That's a great, that's a great tip because the, the Volte is equal score to the shoulder exactly. and, and the half. That's right. You know, so that's right. It, you have to be careful with that. Right. Excellent. Cool. And so what's yeah. the next sort of thing with the medium, like with the medium trots, what are you looking for in the inter one versus the pre St. George? Any difference there? Not really. I don't think there's a lot of difference. It's still in the, the medium trot. You want a little more volume, a little more uphill, a little more reach through the shoulders. It's a little bit rounder trot than you get at the extension, but you still want to see the regularity. The horse develops a little bit of cadence. And then in the medium trot there, the um, what is it? The transitions are included in that in the score, oh, yeah. so you have to make sure that you work that. You know, have a good up transition and a good down transition. Just don't try blasting off because that will affect the medium trot score because the transitions are included there. That makes sense. Yeah, and and just something to note there because right. it has it's separate. And in the pre St George, I think it's separate as well. I could be wrong. It's included um, in medium, so. and then they're separate in extension. Excellent. So so that's yeah. a good thing to remember. Very yeah. good. So, yeah. And then uh, then of course the walk work comes. The the I one is nice that it doesn't. If you're not so great at pirouettes, walk pirouettes. Yeah, pirouettes. you don't yeah. have and a, Those are pesky yes. for a lot of competitors, you, right? That's right. <laughs> but you come right out of medium trot right into collected walk. And so you want to make sure that you keep that uphill balance that you have developed in your medium trot and keeping that in the collected walk so that your horse can just march, keep his balance, and keep his activity and march through the, the pattern RMGH in the collected walk. And that is tough if you do have a horse with a, a, yep. a questionable walk. That's uh, right. That's and it's hard. And again, yeah. that's right up in front of the judge where they're going to see every single step. Mm-hmm. So if your <laughs> horse does have a questionable walk, maybe you don't want to have it as collected as really we would ideally like to see if it affects the rhythm. If you have too much collection and the horse braces in the back, you can lose the regularity a little bit. So maybe ride the collected a little bit more medium-like just to allow the regularity to be better. Yeah, rhythm is the most important thing. That's the very the most important so. thing in the walks. Yeah. Well, that's in a any great tip thing. in general. Yeah, that's a great yeah. tip for any level. 
not right. just here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you're you've got to watch the regularity in the walk, and and yeah, this happens sure. to be a very long span. We we yes. happen to show a horse with not a great walk over the weekend, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, <laughs> yeah we we work that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to, so, and you can't just kind of cruise through these things. Sometimes you really have to be aware and pay attention, especially to the regularity, and not just let your horse do whatever it wants, but pay attention that it is keeping the regularity in the march in the walks. Yeah, because mm-hmm. both the extended and the collected here are double scored. That's so, right. <laughs> if you yeah. have a little bit of a problem. Uh, it that's something, yeah, it yeah. becomes right. a very large problem. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. And All then right. the extended walk has a kind of a sharp turn from H back on the short diagonal to B. A lot of people make mistakes and ride it to P and you get an error if you do that because you're not riding the pattern. So mm-hmm. it's got to be H mm-hmm. to B and then straight ahead to P so that you have time to prepare for your canter and it can be straight. If you are coming in at a diagonal that you, you know, you ride H to P, then your horse isn't going to be straight in that canter transition. And you're also going to, you're not only going to get an error, you're going to lose points in your transition because that wasn't straight either. So any tips that is a very weird turn? Yes, it's it's very weird. Very weird. Any tips on that one? To make that easier? It's a weird one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I just would keep him collected until you actually have the turn and then you're straight and then allow the the extended walk to develop. Okay. But once you're straight. Mm-hmm. Because when you ride it, it's mm-hmm. it's tight. It's it a tight is. Turn. Yeah, it's it's a odd turn there, that's for sure. Yeah. So now we go kind of you're a little bit more serious in the canter zigzag. We've now picked up the canter, making sure the horse is straight, which is a great tip because yeah. And that's that's ten points awesome. again too. And why mm-hmm. throw away ten points when you know if your haunches are falling in if you haven't really straightened them? That's don't throw away points like that. Those are the easy points that everybody can can pull off a good score with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those get costly. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you don't have a good walk, and then you have you know that canter transition, That's then right. oh, it's it's costly. <laughs> so now we go to sort of a little bit more of a serious zigzag from the pre right. right. So can we talk a little bit about the zigzag in the inter right. one? Yep. So this is a zigzag with three half passes connected with flying changes. The first they should the first one should be five meters, and then the second one ten meters because it goes quarter line to quarter line back to the center line. And the thing in the half passes, you want to have the quality of the canter for sure. That you have to have the bend in the half passes, and. In the changes, they should be straight. So you should finish the half pass, straighten and change, and start the next half pass. And make sure when you start the second half pass that your horse is straight or even positioned into the new bend a little bit before you start it. Otherwise, you're going to have his haunches not where you want them to be. And the same thing for the second or the third half pass with that flying change, if the horse isn't straight, the alignment is going to suffer and then the scores go down because of it. So you want to make sure that your horse is straight in the change, you position for the new half pass, finish it, straighten change, start the new half pass after he's flexing both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's not, yeah. it, we're not counting here yet. No. No, I always count just because you get in that habit of counting, but there is mm-hmm. no count. So they, however many strides it takes, as long as it goes to the quarter line, back to the far quarter line, back to the center line. 
mm-hmm. and that the horse stays balanced, that they stay uphill, that they show equal bend both sides, and the, and that the changes are straight and through. Would you say that's the most common mistake is, yeah. is changes that aren't straight and things that yeah, sort of wobble definitely. around a little bit? Mm-hmm. They they don't have straight changes, and then when then they don't wait until they are prepared for the second half pass, and then the haunches are usually leading, and that's not so good. <laughs> that will get you every time. <laughs> yes, and that you know still again we're looking at it from C, and so we can see all that stuff so easily. You want to imagine as you're riding that you're showing the judges everything that you know they can see. So you want to make sure that when the changes are called for to be straight, that you're straight. When you need to show bend, that you show the bend, that kind of stuff. And that the, the shoulders and the haunches are aligned the right way. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And mm-hmm. that gets expensive quickly, too. <laughs> yeah. Sure yeah. So then we have an extended canner. Right. And then on to the three, to the three times. Right. And so... Yeah, coming out of the corner, you know, straighten the horse first, make sure, and then do your five threes. That's the same thing that you did at pre-St. George, so that's not so difficult there. But then the next movement is the pirouettes, and these now become full pirouettes rather than the half pirouettes like they had in pre-St. George. Was there anything else you wanted to say about the flying changes on threes? Flying changes, I think we covered pretty well for those threes. And so Okay, so then the pirouettes... They have to be the correct size, the correct number of steps, which is six to eight strides, that the horse bends, that the horse stays on the bit, that the size doesn't get too big, and that they keep the correct number of strides as they turn, keep their balance, that they sit, that they carry, all of that, that they come into the pirouette fairly straight, turn, and then come out straight too. It's the quality of the canter both before and after the pirouettes that is considered it's a modifier but it also but you always have to consider it so you want to make sure your horse stays balanced and uphill through the whole movement and i don't think we've talked about modifiers but that's that's an interesting thing so can you tell everybody what a modifier is because that's important when you judge so when we judge it's the basics plus the criteria plus or minus the modifiers and that com- that's where you come up with your final score. So the basics are the training scale pretty much, you know, the the rhythm, the relaxation, the suppleness, all that as it goes on up. And then the criteria would be in a pirouette, did they turn? Did they do it in the correct number of strides? Yes or no? And then the modifiers did they stay on the bit what was the size what was the quality of the canner before and after and so if everything was really good you could maybe take an okay a seven sort of a fairly good pirouette but the quality of the canner in and out was really good you can maybe bring it up seven and a half maybe an eight if you were really really happy but if the quality of the canner suffers they lose rhythm coming into the pirouette or or fall out of it a little bit afterwards, lose the balance, say, afterwards, then that's a modifier, a negative modifier. And so you would bring the seven down into the six range somewhere, maybe, depending on how bad it was. But you can take a point or two or whatever happens with the modifiers. The, the gist of the movement is that they sit, they pirouette in six to eight strides in the canter. 
Mm-hmm. And and again, pirouettes in the interwana are expensive. And yeah. So if you if you don't ride them well, it's right. something you know. It's not really something you say. Oh, I don't do that particularly well. I mean, if you don't do it particularly well, it's going to hurt. That's uh, for sure. Yeah. You, know, you have to be careful that you really sort right. of can get on the diagonal, ride right. them on the center line. Uh, yeah. They become incredibly. They're both double scored, so they're very right. Expensive. Right. So you do those on the short diagonal, both directions. Right. And then we head on to the seven twos. And right. it's the first time we've seen that, right? We don't That's do twos. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what are some things you're looking for in the twos? The twos, the the um the fluency, the uphill balance, the the ground cover in the twos, that they still maintain the same rhythm, that the strides are equal both right and left. The, of course, the most important thing is that they actually change seven times every second stride. And then are they straight? Do the haunches swing? Do they, are the some of the strides short? The quality of the strides, the quality of the canter, all of those things go into how we judge those. And being so, placed in the right spot. That's yes. right. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> an, and that would be a modifier where it was placed. But ideally, you would like to have your, what would that be, the fourth stride, third stride, fourth stride, over X, yeah, and then the other three on the other side, both before and after. So that if you placed it really well, it had good activity, volume, straightness, good quality. You could get, you know, why not a ten sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yes. what we want. Everybody that's gets right. tens on the twos. That's that right. would be amazing. That yeah. would be so good. And then, so then after the twos, you go. Haha, this is sounds so easy. You do a collective trot transition right there yep. in front of the judge. Yep. How uh, how often do you that does that not happen where you need it? It happens to have- more than you would think because for Pete's sake, the horses have been doing tr- canter to trot forever, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, when you start asking for it at FEI, they forget how forget to totally. how to trot yeah. again. Yes. <laughs> And so sometimes they get, you know, they just canter in place for a little while or sometimes they fall on their face or, you know, there's all kinds of things that can happen in that transition there. But then the gist of movement 23 is the extended trot. And then the transitions, the next movement is includes the transition at C and then the transitions in and out of the extension. So I try, it's hard sometimes not if they really have a problem not to include my comments up in that first box because it is there, but it also is in the number 24 too. So you have to make sure not to double boo-boo yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it is good to remember in the inter one warm up, do a canter trot a few that's times. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's just one of those things is, is just a case of practicing it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, schooling the horse in that transition at that place. And then they, mm-hmm. they have a better idea. Yeah. I think right. it's always the horses exactly. that, that you can see that just really the rider either forgot about it or didn't really mm-hmm. think it was important in their training mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. and they didn't or they didn't practice their tests enough that you see a bubble. But you know, and I, I think, think for the most part the horses that have been schooled at that movement have been, have done the test, you know, done the test a few times or have, you know, been to a show and, and got and had that mistake before, I think they, they do it pretty well. Yeah, sometimes you just see it. They just float like a butterfly from the canter into the trot, and it's so gorgeous. It just gives you goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And then other times, it's like you said, people just forget to school those. When they get up into second level, now you can do you know simple changes. So it's walk, canter, uh, walk, 
stuff all the time and they forget that they still need to school the canter trot transitions. And yeah. so if you make that just part of your repertoire where you'd work on that, you not that you have to work every day at it, but do them every day. Yeah. Just include it in your training. Yeah, yeah I remember, sure. well, it was just, just uh, when Reese and I saw uh, Johan Hinneman this mm-hmm. fall in the, or the winter in Florida. He does that as a warm-up exercise right. with all the horses. And so he said, you know, that's a really important uh, transition. It is and, important. You know, trot to canter and canter to trot. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Why not forever practice? Forever and ever. Yeah, forever and <laughs> <Yeah>. ever. <laughs> Very forever good. and Very ever. Good. Well, I think we've reached the end. Down center line, X hall yeah. salute. Yep. And Great. then, you know, just the same thing. Straightness in the halt, balance, all, and that the horse stops and waits for the salute. Fantastic. Well, Joan, thank you so much. That was awesome. I love it. I've I've enjoyed this series so much. So Joan, if our listeners would like to ask some more questions, how can they find you online? I am at joan at dressage.us. And I would be more than happy to answer any questions. Just send me an email and I can get right back to you. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, um, I, Phil, I, I'm really enjoying this series. I'm kind of sad that we're, you know, we're getting a, yes. almost to the end, you know. I know. Really, we're gonna uh, have to, like, maybe we'll come up with freestyles or the rider tests or, you know, we can come up with something. more, I yeah. think. Or, you know, feel free to send us, a, send us an email with a suggestion about, you know, how we can continue this because we really, uh, yeah. really like doing it. Really, it's been fun. So, uh, yeah. So next week we go back to the Inter 2, and I hope you enjoy that and look forward to it. And we're going to go to a commercial break from Hindsight now. Well, safety when we're hauling our horses is the most important thing, and it's something that we all fret about. Anybody that hauls horses thinks about what's going on back there. Is my horse okay? We're all, I, it just is human nature for us to worry about our horses in the trailer, especially if you have to stop quick or you're making, you, for some reason you had to swerve to miss something, and you know that the horses got uh, jerked around a little bit back there. Well, you can solve all that worry. You don't have to worry anymore. All you need is one of the trailer cameras from Hindsight Vision. And these are truly the best on the market today. We got to test them. Jennifer and I have tested them. We use them. We have our own set now. And we use it uh, every time we haul horses because it just takes the worry out of what's going on back there. These cameras were made originally for rowing teams. So that the so that the lead guy, the guy that yells all the instructions, he's facing backwards. So he could actually see. They put the camera on the front and the monitor between his feet, and he could actually see what was going on. And so they're made durable, tough. They're made water resistant. Uh, and the nice part is they're wireless. So you they work uh, they work on a kind of a radio frequency thing. So they're 100% wire free. Uh, you don't need a power source either. That's the cool part. Is the monitor and the camera will last up to four hours. Now you can plug them in if you want. You can tie your camera permanently into the wiring in the trailer. You can do that. That's no problem. And you can put up to four cameras on one monitor. So if you have a larger trailer or your horses are separated, I know some of the drivers have horses in the front, horses in the back, and carriages in the middle. So you might need two cameras in that kind of setup. Uh, they, You can get suction cups for the cameras. You can get hard mounts where you can screw the 
the mount right into the trailer. Uh, there's a number of different mounting options that you can find. But I'll tell you what, we love these things. We love the picture is is really good. And it's 2.4 gigahertz wireless so that the it's it's a really good wireless connection. And the, the picture is really, really good. It's not grainy and fuzzy like you would expect that most of these cameras are. So it's a higher end system, but it's one that really works. It's going to last you a while and it's tough. You can find more information at hindsightvision.com. Uh, so right. so uh, let's, uh, let's be safe about it and go to hindsightvision.com and order your camera system today. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. So, Phil, we got a listener email for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. So why don't you uh, let us know what it is? What's the email? All right. Well, th- this is great. I'm really glad we're getting these emails to, to help us, you know, give some tips about what people want to hear about. Um, so I'll just uh, do a shortened um, summary of the email. It says, uh, hi, Philip and Reese. I need help with my halts big time. My horse is super obedient. We get our halts right on the mark. The problem is he's not quite straight. He gets his haunches either left or right, mostly right. When I finally manage to keep his hind end straight under, under him, the halt moves seamlessly into a behind-the-bit rain bank, which I think is not really necessary at uh, this rider's doing training level. So I think she just needs some help with her halts. Okay. Um, well, we've been doing a lot of these. <laughs> I don't know about you. Phil, but it's that time of year where we do a lot of center lines around here. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it, we try to do 10 center lines a day uh, just to practice because really center lines and halting on the center lines have a lot to do with practice and, and doing it. And yeah. uh, in, in training level, um, you can walk into the halt. Yeah, so that's uh, the first tip, I think. That's is the first tip. Definitely do that, right? If you, yes, If you're not time. nailing the halt straight from trot, um, do it through the walk. You're allowed to, and I think you know you'll score actually better because it's it says it in the test to do it that way. So yes, yeah. So don't be afraid of that, um, especially if the horse is stepping. So then the next question is why is the horse always stepping right? Because it sounds like that's the majority of it, and sure. um, you know there, there's a connection problem somewhere. <laughs> that's the kind of the best way to think about that. And and is it the connection? Uh, your right leg, left rein. Is it right leg, right rein, uh, do you push too much with your left leg? You know, so that would be the first thing is, is for me, I think going from the walk to the halt, you can kind of diagnose a little bit more where the problem is. Um, the other thing is you may want to start and practice a lot of halts against the wall, uh, especially if they swing the haunches. Uh, that's a good way to do it. Um, if the horse is consistently you know, if we're doing it and they're consistently going to the right, maybe you want to carry a whip there uh, and give them a little bit of a love tap uh, or a little reminder, hey, you know, I, I really don't want you to step right. That's not actually what I'm asking you to do. Uh, that's another little tip that you could do uh, to help you right there is just kind of remind the horse, hey, you don't need to step to the right as you do that. What do you think, Phil? Um, yeah, I think I like to, you know, um, just talk about the halt a little bit. The halt being square and balanced is um, 
can be quite difficult for the horses yep. because they have to stay um, engaged. And we talk about that word a lot. Engaged means continuing to carry the back up while stop. This is why the horse goes backwards is because when you finally get that halt engaged, it's work for the horse. It, it's, it might be even just slightly uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable as in it hurts, but uncomfortable as in they have to use their muscles. The back legs are underneath the horse's body you know, supporting the weight of the hind legs and the front legs a little bit. And that, you know, along with all the other dressage stuff is work. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to try to avoid the work. They avoid the work by swinging their haunches one way. They avoid the work by, by backing up. They avoid the work by not halting at all and just continuing to walk or, you know. So there's, uh, there's any number of problems that, that the horse or resistances that the horses use to not have to engage the hind legs and stand there and carry the back up, carry the rider, carry their own weight, you know, and all those things. So um, mm-hmm. it's not as easy as it sounds. No, it's not. And that's it's, why. It's definitely not. It's, it's a very tough <laughs> thing to halt very well. Um, that's why in training level, I think when we were talking with our judges about training level, they're not always looking for the horses to be perfectly square and and you know four legs on their post type of halt you know they can be a little bit out in front or behind and that's you know it's sort of okay um but not being straight is is way bigger issue than than having the legs separated so um yeah you just have to make sure you're carrying energy into the halt and having that energy still as the legs are stopped you still have a little bit of a you know sort of activity you know the horse is still engaged in what into what you're doing and so with some horses especially at this level i don't mind if the rider you know uses their leg or a little tap with the whip to get the horse into halt and then to hold the leg on a little bit while they're halted to try and keep them like we talk about in front of, even though they're stopped they can still be in front of the leg you know ready to step forward especially if they're if they found out that stepping back can be a great sort of way out of the halt so um and then you know don't halt too long if you get a, if your horse is a backer upper if you get in if you get into a nice halt and the horse is fairly straight two seconds pat and walk off you know mm-hmm. and build your time yep. in the halt so they learn to be engaged and learn that that and their muscles can work and develop towards carrying their own body even though they're they're stopped in place yeah you know so i think you know one second two second and walk out and say hey that was a great thing and praise the horse for doing something well rather than trying to stand there for five minutes and then getting mad at them when they when they decided that you know they didn't want to stay there and they decided to back up yeah no i think, so I think that's you know really continue good. to build positive experiences mm-hmm. and if you're having the trouble you know like you said use the wall get the horse to stand square one second, two second, and walk out, and then you've created another positive experience of the horse. Learn something, hopefully, and then and then try it away from the wall in two or three days from from now from developing it on the wall. You know, it just yeah. takes time. It takes a lot of careful practice yeah. and figuring out what is the best way for your horse to do this exercise. Um, yeah. You know, if you have any problems, try these tips. If you have any issues, uh, send us another email. Yeah, and, and tell us know. what happened. We'll send us a video. We we like to watch the videos that people send us and give some hopefully some constructive criticism and some help and uh, you know because if you're having the problem I'm sure a hundred other people are having a very similar issue so yeah absolutely we love it that was great well, uh, I yeah. you know I loved I mean there's two halts to every test so at least yeah twenty points so, at least it's a lot of points yeah. so it's worth it's worth your time every day to to practice it yeah absolutely. Perfect. 
This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. Well, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, DressageRadio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>